Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 692 of the Juice Box Podcast. Kim from episode 443 is back. 443, and today is what, 692? You're probably thinking that was like a thousand years ago, Scott. A thousand years. It was actually February 2021. But uh, hey, I'm a prolific podcaster, so the number grows quickly. Anyway, Kim was here in 443 to talk about her daughter's story and to share a bunch of information about some diabetes clinical trials with us. And she is back today to talk about another trial, this time with the inhaled insulin Afrezza. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. If you're a U.S. resident who has type 1 diabetes or is the caregiver of someone with type 1, please go to t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. Join the registry, take the survey, help people living with type 1 diabetes while you're supporting the Juicebox podcast. t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. This episode of the Juicebox podcast is sponsored by the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor. You can learn more about the Dexcom G6 or get started with it right now at Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. The podcast is also sponsored by Omnipod. That's the company that makes those tubeless insulin pumps, the Omnipod Dash and the Omnipod 5. That one's got an algorithm in it. If you want to learn more about them, you're going to go to Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. I just got my license retaken. So if you listen to the podcast. Yeah. Um, by the way, we're recording, just so you know. And sounds um, good. <laughs> I, I I had that very low iron problem for a long time. Yeah. And, and so I had a photo of my driver's license where I looked like someone hit me with three cars and then stood me up and went smile, like like I really look sick in it. And so when well, my they, they try to, they try to make you happy at the DMV, so that's surprising. <laughs> this I I look back now and see that I did not feel well. And, um, uh. and anyway, I, um, I, so I get the ref- the thing in the mail and they're like, look, you can just re you know, renew online. I'm like, oh no, I'll take the new picture, please. And yeah. so I go down there I put this whole effort into it and I stand in front of the woman and she goes, great. And I'm like, why is the camera like at my nipples pointing <laughs> up? I'm like, Kim, I don't have that kind of face. You know what I mean? Like not many of us do. Maybe I can shoot Brad Pitt from the floor, but I don't know who else. You know what I mean? <laughs> And they make you look really tall. <laughs> I said to her, I was like, can I crouch down so this thing's more at eye level with me? She goes, please do not. And I was like, oh, all right. So I got back a slightly better photograph. At least I'm not sick anymore, but I still, Kim, my head's too big for this kind of photography. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, is that the photo that I'm seeing of you now? Because you look perfectly handsome there. No, but that's not at the DMV. That's, that's outside. That's me holding the phone 12 feet over my head to take that picture. Oh, <laughs> other angle. Okay. I threw the phone up in the air. That's how much higher it is than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, because yeah. it looks good. Well, thank you. But generally speaking, we should not be 
We should not be shooting people from the ground up. It's not a great idea. <laughs> four people that look good that way, and they're all tw- and they're all twenty three years old, by the way. So the D- so. the DMV is there to provide you, you know, the the ultimate in customer service. Right. So Listen, you know, it's still a thousand percent better than it was. So see, I do understand sarcasm. <laughs> Well, I don't see a ton of reason for me to be sarcastic in this episode, which, by the way, I've been excited about. So I, okay. I, I appreciate you doing this for me. Just do do me this favor. Unless you have any questions, just introduce yourself very quickly. I'm Kim, and I um, am, let's see, the mom of a type 1 diabetic who is 16, who was diagnosed when she was 13 on her next to last day of seventh grade. And after my daughter was diagnosed, um, her name is Nina. After she was diagnosed, I found out about JDRF and um, wanted to do what I could to help. So I joined the board of North, JDRF Northern California. And my my job specifically is as a clinical trial education volunteer um, to make sure people get connected with clinical trials that might benefit them and benefit diabetes research. All right. So Kim, have you been on the show before? I have. I was on the show about a year ago mm-hmm. um, and you did an interview with me um, just talking about the process of joining a clinical trial right. and about all the clinical trials that were available to people at the time. Right. And I do remember I, I brought that up so I could ask if you knew what episode number it was. <laughs> oh, I don't. Oh, Oof, okay. I should. Don't worry. I don't remember. Um, and I do, but I do remember you said, you know, if there's ever a clinical trial that you're excited about and you want to share with people, um, you know, please come back on for a few minutes. So that's why I reached out to you again. No, no, absolutely. I just, listen, it's my job to know what episode you're on. I just thought like I could get away <laughs> with it if you were like, oh, I know. I was like, great. Um, no. Do you think that what we spoke about in that last episode, is that still applicable today or was that time sensitive? So some of it was time sensitive because at the time um, there was the teplizumab protect trial. There was the clever trial, um, which was um, verapamil and closed loop systems, both, both trials for newly diagnosed patients. And happily um, those trials have gotten enough participants. And so they are no longer recruiting, um, which is wonderful because one of the reasons I took this role is because I learned that so many clinical trials don't get enough participants, which is such a big waste of money and halts progress towards, you know, better management and cures. So, um, so yeah, a few of the trials we talked about back then are full, but I think we talked a lot just about clinical trials in general. So I don't think it's, you know, completely out of date. Yeah. It's, um, it's hard to, get people to do these things and there's it's i mean it's understandable why it's difficult but to your point like they they have these trials and they're like look we need x amount of people to do this and if they don't get that many people then then the study doesn't happen yeah you know and um it's not i mean there was a lady on maybe two months ago or so who was in the uh uh-oh which trial was it the implantable cells uh but the vertex or yeah, the viacite stuff, right? Yeah, and you know she's an older person, but not mm-hmm. not she was an older older, but you know she's a middle aged person who has type one. It's it's not going to benefit her, you know what I mean? And she still put herself through it, even in a double blind study where she wasn't even sure if she was even going to get the the real thing or not. Right, and she right. still let people she still let people like surgically implant pouches under her skin. You know, I just thought yeah. that was so amazing. Yeah, I met another gentleman who did that study, and um, 
you know, and I do, you know, hopefully I'm middle-aged too. I hope, hopefully we still have lots of years to enjoy with or without insulin. Um, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, but I met a gentleman who did that study as well with the implantable pouches from Biocite. Um, he had two kids who were type one. So I think he was very motivated, um, for that reason in that regard too. Yeah. Okay. So, um, is the thing about the thing we're going to be trying to talk, right? It's going to be in the title. Like, why am I acting like people who are listening? Like, I wonder what's coming next. That was the stupidest thing I've ever done. Your, your daughter's using, all right. First of all, I might say it wrong. Is it a Frezza? You said it perfectly. Oh, okay. Look at me. Yeah. Uh, when did she start using it? So she's actually using loop. So she has a pump and, um, and a Dexcom. So she's not exclusively using a Frezza. She's still using her Umalog. Well, actually, she tries a lot of different things. So at the, at the moment, she has a, a mix of Liam Jev and Umalog in her pump. And um, she's, she's, a, she's a clinical trial herself. Um, so she's trying that out. But she started using a Frezza in addition to Loop, oh, I'd say about probably about nine months ago. Okay. So let's, let's start slow. She's yeah. mixing two insulins in her pump. Is that something yes. she's doing on her own? Um, well, with, you know, with, with my blessing and. Yeah, you um, know, no, yeah. I'm just saying yeah. it's not a, like, <laughs> she's not in some sort of a trial is what I'm saying. No, right. she's not in a trial. Right. I think, um, you know, I, I think Arden did this too. She tried Fiasp, um, and loved it until it, until she hated it because it worked. And then I guess, it stopped working after a while. And so she had heard that mixing it helped, but it, you know, that worked for a little bit while longer. And then she, she, I, we both had heard that Liam Jev might work a little better in a pump than Biasp. So she's, she's trying that out now. Um, and yeah, someone, someone gave us the vial to try it. So with Arden, it was the, is it Fiasp? Fiasp? Yeah. I don't Fiasp. Know. I don't yeah. Know. I think Fiasp. All right. Well, whatever. And, and so- yeah. <laughs> the one from novo nordis right um, yeah it worked terrific for her burned when, oh. she, when she injected it oh okay yeah so then we actually did try the loom jev afterwards and that was worse so for, oh, for Arden, okay. so we didn't do either but we loved how fiasp or fias how that how that worked for the yeah the, the onset to working was amazing and it yeah it, it didn't give up she powered through so that that one wasn't terrible. The burning, yeah, um, yeah. Arden stayed on that a month or so, if I'm remembering correctly, and we had great results with it. The loom jab, oh. she made me take off inside of 24 hours. Oh, it burned she, that badly. Yeah, she, she's like, I gotta get this pot off, and I was like, okay. So oh, that's too bad. So I thought your daughter might be mixing it to try to cut down on the burning, but she was trying to get it to work the way it was working when she first used it. Yeah, I guess the the additive that they put in both of those, maybe that's what causes the burning for Arden. Um, but it also, I think, sometimes can cause maybe a little bit of, um, I don't know, some kind of buildup or something where it just doesn't work as well over time. Um, so, yeah, she's just hoping the mixing it will help it work better and longer. And this is relevant to a Frezza because, right, these are all faster acting insulins. Yeah. And these are, yeah, and they work great. And they work so then, when they don't hurt. <laughs> yeah. So let's go over a Fresno for a second. Like it's, sure. it's inhalable. Yes. Uh, it comes only in certain measurements. I know, but I'm not yes. sure which ones. Yeah. Uh, how did your daughter, did she ask her, her doctor about it and they gave her some or where did she get it from? Yeah. So, and what I'm going to talk about today is the clinical trial for pediatrics and she's 16. So still falls in that 
Um, so no, somebody that I met said, you know, this is really great. Do you want to try it? And had some extra. So, um, that's how she ended up trying it. And it was game changing. She, um, she uses it when she's, so because she's on the pump with loop, you know, she's sort of fairly well managed with that. Um, but the Frezza she uses primarily if she's high or stuck high, although she's never stuck high anymore because of a Frezza. So she'll use it. Um, if, you know, if there's no opportunity to pre-bolus, which, you know, she's a, she's a gymnast and a high school student. And so there's lots of times when it's hard to pre-bolus. So she can use it for that, but she also uses it, let's say a pump fails or hormones or sickness or whatever myriad of things leave you over 200 once in a while. Um, she will use the Afreza to bring it down. And it's like, boom, like I guess the action insulin action time of Afreza is 12 minutes compared to, I guess, over 30 for insulins like Umalog. So it, she's never stuck high because as soon as she's high, she takes an Afreza and it brings her down and then it's out of your system. So it's, it really closely mirrors insulin production in a non-diabetic. So it, is in quickly, but it's also out quickly. So it tends to just go down to where she wants it to go down and, you know, take some figuring out what dose you need. Um, but it goes down to where she wants it to go down and then it, it's out of her system. So she doesn't go low with it. Yes. It's, out, it's out in like an hour. Right. So yeah. everybody that I've heard talk about, and there are people I'm online that are just, they, they're fervent about it. If it comes up, it's, you know, they're almost like, let me tell you about Jesus. You know what I mean? They, they, yeah. they really People want to People who use it do love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, and, it is kind of magic. Right. It's, yeah. And, and so, I mean, for me, again, not a doctor, don't know what I'm talking about, but I'm on afresa.com right now. And mm-hmm. the label warnings for this scare me differently than other things. Yeah. And, and, and so I know we're not going to try it. But I don't want to not hear about other people's experience. So, yeah. so in a, for an example, if um, if your daughter was to uh, miss on a bolus, just forget the bolus something, and suddenly had like a three hundred blood sugar, you know, forty five minutes after she's like, oh my god, I didn't eat them. My blood sugar's three hundred. She would like take a puff of this Afreza, and how long to break that three hundred and bring it back? I do love a cliffhanger for the ad break. Dexcom, let's talk about them first. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. A continuous glucose monitoring system, CGM. That's what the Dexcom is. Tells you your blood sugar in real time on your Dexcom receiver or on your iPhone or Android. It's that easy. I'm actually uh, working on getting a blood sugar down for Arden right now. And ooh, this is interesting. So 20 minutes ago or so, we made a bolus to try to move a 166 blood sugar. And I've opened my phone now to see that her blood sugar is still stable. Like the arrow is telling me it's stable, but it's beginning to drift down. We have a new number of 161. What that tells me, because I've been using Dexcom for a while, the number's moving, but the arrow hasn't moved yet. So it's probably going to, maybe in the next reading or so, indicate to me with a a diagonal down arrow that her blood sugar is moving. So think about this. Not only can you see the numbers, but you can see the direction that the number is moving in. 
and the arrows also tell you about speed. Arrow straight down is moving faster than an arrow diagonal down. Two arrows down moves faster than both of them, etc. You, you'll see if you get the Dexcom. If, what am I saying if? When you get the Dexcom, you'll see how all this works. It's the speed and direction and number of your blood sugar at the touch of a button at your fingertips. Swipe up, there it is. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Now let's talk about that Omnipod 5 and the Omnipod Dash. Here's a couple of things you need to know. Omnipod is a tubeless insulin pump. My daughter's been wearing it since she was four. She's going to be 18 soon. She's had one on every day in that time. We love it. I think you might too. Here's how you find out. You go to omnipod.com forward slash juice box. Some of you are going to be eligible for a free 30-day trial of the Omnipod Dash. That's pretty amazing. Go check that out. Some of you might just say, hey, uh, I'm going to jump right into the algorithm. Give me that Omnipod 5. That's another thing you could possibly do. These things that you can do, they happen at omnipod.com forward slash juice box. Head over there now and find out more. Tubeless insulin pumping means you can shower with your pump on, swim in a lake, uh, jump out of an airplane. You could, um, I mean, I don't know why you would do that, but you could. Um, cause there's no tubes to get caught on. Like, can you imagine if you were like pulling your parachute and instead you pulled out your tubing, that'd be terrible. Omnipod, no tubing. Here's a promise I can make you right now. If while skydiving, you reach and grab, you will never grab tubing from your Omnipod tubeless insulin pump because it doesn't have it. Sure. This is not a situation that's going to come up often, but you know, if you're plummeting from the sky and looking for a parachute, Pretty cool to know that you're not going to mistake your insulin pump tubing for that parachute. This is a reach here, but um, I've gotten a little farcical. We're at the end now. I feel bad about this. Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. Find out about the Omnipod Dash, the Omnipod 5. See if you're eligible for that free 30-day supply of the Omnipod Dash. I just have to tell you now, for full safety risk information and free trial terms and conditions, visit Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. So the higher you are, the more you need right? Like you're becoming more resistant. Um, yeah. More resistant yeah. and you know, bless her heart. She doesn't miss a bolus. So I don't know exactly, but there was a scenario where she had a pump fail and it was overnight. Mm -hmm. So no one really recognized it um, for a while. And so she was floating up around like over 250 and so I, I went in and, you know, brought her an eight unit Afresa cartridge and she took it. And in 15 minutes, she was back, you know, in the mid hundred, mid hundreds, maybe 140. Doesn't get low afterwards. No, it doesn't. Um, and obviously you need to figure out the dosing. If she had done like a 16 unit cartridge, which, which we don't even have, maybe she would have gone low. Sure. Um, but it doesn't go low because it goes out quickly. So you know, it, it, usually, right. If you have a pump fail, you don't know, 
you don't know how much insulin you actually have on board, right? So you might over bolus or, um, but with the Afrezza, you know, she, she does the Afrezza and it's in, it brings it down, but then it's out. Um, and so she doesn't tend to go low with the Afrezza the way she might, if she was stacking insulin, not really knowing how much insulin was on board with something like a pump fail. How long would you say it stays in the body? Like, when do you stop seeing an effect from it, even in a regular situation? Um, they say it's an hour and a half to two hours um, that it's in the body. So, you know, it's in within 12 minutes and then it stops in about an hour and a half. Um, and sometimes it, it seems like it's even less than that. And and that's the, you know, that's kind of the beauty of it, because I think when you're in a situation where you're high, sometimes you know, maybe if you've listened to all of your podcasts, you know exactly how to bring it down. Right. But I feel like a lot of times when she's stuck too high, we might push it down too low. Not, you know, it's just so hard to manage because mm-hmm. you're high for a long time and you're like, wait, I'm still high. Do I give more? But the Afrezza works so fast that you can see, oh, that worked. So now we can stop. Yeah. No, and, if it starts, and if it starts inching up again, you can just give another, another hit, maybe a four unit Afrezza. And okay. Bring it back down again. Is it is it hard to figure out? Like what what is it? Is four units, eight units, twelve, sixteen? Yeah, I think four. I think it's four, eight, and sixteen. Maybe, four, maybe there's eight, a twelve. I don't know. We eight. just have the four and eight unit ones, um, and the um, it's equivalent. It's not actually four units because when I first heard about it, I'm like, oh, she doesn't ever use four units, so that's a lot. And, you know, it's very different being 16 than 13. So probably she does now, but, um, but she, if she finds the four unit and most people do equivalent to like two, two and a half units. So it, of Umalog. Mm-hmm. So it's, it seems a little different in terms of what the dosing means. Yeah. Actually I'm again on their website, there's a asterisk. It's talking about something, but it, it indicates there's a four unit, a 12 unit cartridge. So, I mean, I'm, I know there's eight and 16 as well because you're. Yeah. You're okay. So of. there's those four, un- four different cartridges. Yeah. yeah. So is it basically marketed to people for like mealtime only? Yes. So it, um, it's marketed to people for mealtime and then they do a long acting shot with it. Okay. So, yeah. So most people would do a basal insulin injected. Your daughter's actually looping um with basal insulin and then doing this for meals and highs or does she also use the loop for meals no she uses the loop for meals she just uses this in a just you know a situation where maybe she's like at a at a birthday party and there's a last minute thing that you know okay everybody we're gonna eat this and leave and so she has yeah you know she doesn't have to you don't have to pre-bolus with a frezza like your food comes at a restaurant you bolus then so in a situation where it's really hard to pre-bolus she might use it, but primarily she uses it for a situation where she's just high and stuck high and, um, and this just brings it down. So maybe, you know, there was a, there was a situation the other day where she was at a meeting that she had a school thing and, um, her pump was expiring and she didn't have supplies with her, but the Afrez is so tiny. She carries that. It's easy. Um, so she had that in her pocket. So even though she, her pump was done, she just did some Afrezza, you know, made it until she got home three hours later and her blood sugar was perfect. Yeah. So she uses it more in those situations. So, you know, maybe a couple of times a week, but it, it is marketed as a mealtime insulin, but okay. because we love loop, she's, she's kind of using both. Doing that as well. I was going to ask you about how frequently do you think she's using it, but a couple of times a week. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Is it cutting down, cutting down on lows on the other side of highs for you as well as limiting the amount of time that she ends up spiked? I think when she uses it, she doesn't go low, um, you know, because of loops suspending insulin, she doesn't go low that often, but, um, you know, she's also a competitive gymnast. So that makes just everything hard to manage. Um, so she still, she still has occasional lows, but not, not from the Afreza. Do you ever get confused when she's having an issue, just meaning anything that's out of the norm for you? Is it ever confusing about which insulin's doing it or does that not matter because you treat the situation the same way? I think, you know, she's very self-managing, so I'm not even sure I can answer your question, okay. but I think um, with the Afreza, when she does the Afreza, she doesn't do anything to loop. So it tends to suspend because it sees that she's going down really fast. So it's kind of like she's not getting Umalog when she does the Afreza. So she knows that, hey, if I'm if I'm at 210 and I do a four-unit cartridge of Afreza, that's going to bring me to 120 steady. And it doesn't seem to be confounded by, um, by the Umalog. And I think it's because just because the insulin action of the Umalog is so much longer mm-hmm. um, that even if she has some insulin on board, it's okay. But I think, you know, she takes that into account too. Like she's like, look, I have eight units on board. Cause I've been, you know, my pumps, my, my loop's been trying to push down this high. She might do a smaller dose Partial. of Afreza. Okay. So <clears throat> let me ask you how much input. So did she come to you with this idea or did you go to her with it? Oh, a third party came to us. A friend was like, you should try this. Okay. It's a great tool to have in your arsenal. And um, she's like, yeah, cause you know, it's, she wants to be well-managed. She hates to have high blood sugar. Um, so she was just gung-ho about trying it. Yeah. Did you look into the safety data about it before you let her do it? Or did you just try it or what did you do? Oh yeah. I read everything. I mean, this is, you know, part of the reason I like this role of educating people about clinical trials. Cause I want to know all the details, right. <laughs> like every, every drug, every, all the research that's happening. I am just, I'm, I'm obsessive about it. Um, so yeah, I, I looked into it, you know, read the history of inhaled insulins, which is really fascinating. Like right after the discovery of insulin, they started working on an inhaled insulin. It just took a really long time. In the twenties. Um, they started Yeah. In the twenties in Germany, I guess they started working on an inhaled insulin. Interesting. It's crazy. It took yeah. so long. Um, and then this insulin called Exubra came out maybe in the early 2000s. Um, but it, it failed for a few reasons. Um, I think primarily because they had this huge device that kind of looked like a bong um, <laughs> to inhale. I couldn't carry it around. <laughs> um, although I am waiting for my daughter to get busted for vaping with her Afreza at school because now it's like this tiny thing. But um, anyway. I, I, um, have, I have some marketing materials from Exuber. It's E-X-U-B-E-R-A. And my goodness, yeah. yeah, it looks like a flashlight, like yeah, that, that size, like a big <laughs> flashlight. And the girls like it. It looks like a bong, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. it does. It does. I think Afresa maybe did a little more consumer research, or maybe maybe things evolved that they were able to bring the size of that down. Yeah, the Afresa um, always reminds yeah. me of a whistle. Yeah, when I look, yeah, at it, it does. You know I mean? It's like a tiny whistle. Yeah, 
yeah, very convenient, very, yeah, very easy to just stick in your pocket. Um, so yeah, I mean, I definitely read, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of patients in the adult clinical trial, which, you know, happened, I think, I think it was like 2014, it came on the market, um, had a cough, um, and, you know, that could be uncomfortable, but that would tend to go away. And, um, and probably the thing that you saw the warning was, um, two two adults in the adult trial developed lung cancer. Um, but that was 2,750 patient years of, um, data and the FDA approved it saying that that was no more likely, no more or less likely to happen in a general population of that many adults. And Mm -hmm. those two people also had, um, a history of smoking. So, um, yeah, you know, right now my daughter has been prescribed for, um, you know, painful, um, cycles, uh, birth control. And I'm like investigating all of the different options and, there's something scary about every single one, you know? No, I <laughs> so understand. Oh, I really try do. to figure it out and be reasonable and take it into account, but it's hard. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, listen, I understand that. I mean, drugs in general, I think make people's lives better um, when they're used well. And, and yeah. that, like you're saying that it's not going to work great for everybody. And, yeah. you know, there are, it's tough though. I mean, it, you know, it's, it's basically right on the front of their page. It says Afreza can cause serious side effects, including sudden lung problems. And, Mm -hmm. you know, do not obviously don't use if you have long term chronic lung problems, asthma, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, et cetera, see your doctor. But um, I mean, sudden lung problems like that's like a a, that I don't know. That's a tough one for me, because are they sudden lung problems that go away if you stop or are they sudden lung problems that you it's sort of the way I feel about getting corrective eye surgery. Yes, Mm -hmm. I think it would be a great idea unless I'm one of the people that gets halos and then. I'd like a time machine, please. You, you know what I mean? Like, it's, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. Tough. I just wondered how yeah, you dealt and with I think, it. So the way I, you know, the way I felt about that investigating it further was those sudden problems go away when you stop. So I figured, you know, try it. If it, you know, gives her, you know, sort of bronchiospasms or cough that's uncontrollable, then she won't use it anymore. Mm-hmm. So she does have mild asthma, um, but she did a, a pulmonary lung function test. She had done one earlier just to see if she should take an asthma inhaler or not. Um, but they do recommend that you get that done when you take a Freza and then get it done again six months later. And in the clinical trial, they will do that for you. So they're keeping an eye out for that and making sure that, you know, your lung function is fine, yeah. but it's evidently something that just goes away when you stop taking it. So if you have a problem, you just stop taking it. And then that okay. cough or the acute bronchiospasms go away. Um, not everybody gets that. And yeah, they do have a warning on it. You know, don't take this. If you have asthma that said, my daughter does, and she's fine with it. She doesn't even get the cough. Mm. And there's a hack. Like if you drink a little water before and after, and you keep it room temperature, you're way less likely to, you know, even get that like mild irritation from inhaling it, but you're inhaling something. Yeah. Right. Bronchiospasm sounds like a, like an awkward dinosaur to me. So <laughs> it does, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, I'm not a doctor, but it's, I think it's, you know, it's just a it's an acute thing that, you know, if you, you, you know, let it calm down, it'll go away. It's not. Right. Is yeah. it, is this something that you've noticed? I know she's only been doing it for a short time, but have you seen um, 
improvements in her time and range, her A1C, or is everything kind of just the same? You're just managing it differently. Um, you know, I think there's definite improvements in time and range because she doesn't stay high for more than, you know, you know, sometimes she might not, you know, take the Afrezza right away, but if she takes it right away, she's not high for more than 15 minutes. So it really gets rid of highs. Um, and again, it doesn't cause lows. So, um, so yeah, her time and range is better. I know in the adult clinical study, the, the time and range, um, you know, increased two hours a day. So I think it can have a huge effect on time and range. Um, I don't, I don't know what her, her A1C is usually in the like high fives, low sixes. I think it's, you know, not that different, but, um, it's probably a little better since starting a Frezza. Okay. Um, this is like one of those things where you're looking for a problem, but it's still popping into my mind enough that I'm going to ask. Does the fact that it works so quickly, um, can it make you ignore that you need insulin? Like, you know what I mean? Can you get too comfortable? I guess it's not that you could ever be too comfortable, but you know what I mean by that? Like, can can you kind of get, can you get kind of laissez-faire about it because you know how quickly it works or have you not noticed that? (sighs) That's an interesting question that you might have to ask my daughter. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. How, I don't know. How old is she? Again? I mean, I think she's 16. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I could only imagine um, that it might not be as terrifying to go high, but, you know, everybody, it happens though, right? Like, yeah, you sure. go high, whether you want it to or not, you're going to have hormones, you're going to have sickness, you're going to have pump fails you're going to have temptations or food coming at a restaurant when you didn't know when to pre-bolus, like these things are just going to happen. So, um, you know, I don't know whether, you know, it makes her act differently. Um, but when these probably not, she's a very, um, you know, she's a, she's always wanted to manage really well. Mm -hmm. So I don't think she's not a laissez-faire kind of kid. Um, but could that happen? I guess so. Right. No, I, it's funny. I don't even, as I asked the question, it's not even something I'm wondering about as much as I'm wondering if somebody else would wonder about it. So I yeah, just, I just asked it. To ask. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but then again, it's like loop, like it's, or, you know, Omnipod five or tandem control IQ, like these things don't necessarily make your time and range better. Although they often do. I think primary the primary benefit is just giving you your life back and making life easier. And I feel like that's what a Fresa really does is she's, you know, she's not in the middle of an AP test with her blood sugar going up and going, oh, I'm doomed. She's like, Oh, I, I can fix this. It's okay. Right. No, it sounds, I mean, it really does sound terrific. I've never not thought it didn't sound good when anybody's explained it to me, to be perfectly honest. It's yeah. just, I mean, I'm just, being perfectly honest, like something inhaling something unnecessarily seems weird to me, but you know, I don't know. And I know people say, Oh, that people have been using it for a decade or longer and you know, they have data now. And I mean, that's yeah. good, but I'm not, I don't know. Yeah. It's yeah. newer. I mean, people yeah. have been in, you know, I mean, if you, if you had 
sort of looked at inhaling versus injecting and they were both as new, you might be like, oh, I'm not going to inject something I don't have to inject. But now we've been doing that for a hundred years. So there's, there's more data for sure. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. It just gives you the, like, right. Nothing yeah. about using um, a liquid insulin is going to make your lungs stop working. So, yeah. Well, and you know, the, and I, it, I, you know, I've been, I've been inhaling, you know, albuterol for, I don't know, 35 years and steroid inhalers. And so maybe having asthma, I'm, I'm really used to inhalers and they've mm. made my life better. So oh, sure. as a, yeah, so I, I'm not, you know, and then, and then the, the technology is getting better too, right? They can, you know, I don't understand the material science so well, but they can break things down so that they're just doing what they're meant to do now, you know? The molecule passes easier. Yeah. As they refine it. Yeah. It's tinier. It's yeah. Um, but I just, you know, for me, it's just like, wow, this is just, it's just game changing. So I, you know, I want people who want to try it to have that opportunity. And so I think it's, um, you know, it has been on the market. People have been doing it for 10 years. It's been approved for adults and I feel like kids more than adults, you know, need that spontaneity, need to be able to eat without pre-bolusing, need to be able to, you know, bring down highs more quickly. So, mm-hmm. you know, as adults, I think, you know, maybe you're more inclined to like, okay, my blood sugar is high. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to pre-bolus and eat in 15 minutes. And, you know, my kid wasn't diagnosed till 13. So she was already, you know, managing pretty well, but I just feel, I just feel for families who have younger kids and, um, and I want, them to have the opportunity to try this if they want to. So I am telling people about all the clinical trials that are going on, whether it's cure research or device research or insulin research, but this one is one that I'm really passionate about because I've seen how well it works for my daughter. So, um, well, so yeah, so now that they've got the clinical trial for kids and it's a phase three trial, so they have tested the safety, um, and they've, tested that it works. And so now they're on the phase three trial, which is just trying it in a broader population of four to 17 year olds. And, um, and I hope it, you know, fills up quickly so it can become available to other kids. Question about the trial. Do you get the drug through the trial? Yeah. So um, the way the trial works, it's a 14 month trial. So it's long. Um, And for the first month, they kind of do some tests, you know, test your A1C, do the pulmonary or the lung function test. And, um, and then for the next six months, they have, I think they have twice as many people doing the Afreza as shots, but they have a group doing shots and a group doing Afreza. And then for the second six months, everybody does Afreza for, for mealtime insulin. Um, and then, then there's one more month where they do some follow-up and, um, and that's it. So, um, it's 14 months in total and they provide you with the inhalable insulin. They provide you with a free Dexcom for the entire year of the trial. Fun. Um, yeah. And then they also pay you, I think it's around $750 to participate. Is that still going on? Could people get into it right now? They could. Yeah. And, um, they have 17 locations throughout the United States. So um, everywhere from, you know, California, Florida, Indiana, Texas, Tennessee, you know, 17 different locations. So it's all over the U S and you go into the 
office just a few times. So um, even if there's not a site like super close, it's still possible to do it. Um, most of it is done remotely. Like they give you the stuff, they give you the goods and send you home. Mm-hmm. And um, and to find it, I think if people just Google Afreza and clinicaltrials.gov, they can find it. Also the name of the study is Inhale One. Um, so that's another way to find it. But okay. I think just Googling Afreza, it's A-F-R-E. ZZA and clinicaltrials.gov or um, pediatric clinical trial, they'll come up with the study. And then if if they scroll down to the bottom of the information about the study, they can see the locations with phone numbers and emails. And so what they'll want to do is contact their local study center, the one closest to their home, and um, ask about getting into the, getting into the study or ask for any clarifying information they might need the, you know, I, I know a tiny bit about many different studies, but those study coordinators know everything about this study. So mm-hmm. they're the ones to contact for more information. Yeah. Excellent. What, um, are there any other studies that you want to share with people that are happening right now? Oh, um, yeah, there's, there's a couple other studies. I um, thought if someone would know, it would be you. So Yeah. <laughs> Let me just pull up my list to see what I think would be most helpful to share. Um, some of them, I stay, I stay really on top of Northern California. But, um, I mean, you've talked about this a ton on, on your podcast, so I don't necessarily need to repeat it. But I think... Right now, it's more important than ever to get loved ones screened for antibodies through TrialNet or T1 Detect is another way to do it. But TrialNet is free and TrialNet.org is where people can go to find out about how to get test kits sent to their home to screen siblings and other family members to see if they have antibodies that will determine their risk of developing type one. Mm-hmm. And I think this one's more important than ever because teplizumab, which was in clinical studies last year, is on the cusp of being approved by the FDA and has been shown to prevent the onset of type one for three years on average. So if you have somebody who is at risk of developing type one in your family, I know a lot of people used to be like, oh, do I even want to know? Um, I know I recognize the signs and symptoms, but, um, and it's, I think it's always been important to avoid people from getting diagnosed, you know, in DKA or having it get too bad. But now it's even more important to, I think, know that, um, that that's available and that you can find out that there is a risk. Um, And I have to say when my 12 year old did the trial net clinical study, she was really, I think grateful. She's she got a little shirt that said I'm contributing to science. And um, I think she was grateful to be able to do something like feel like she was contributing to her sister's disease. So um, I didn't mention that, but I, I, and I'll I'll mention one other clinical trial, but I I feel like one of the big benefits to being in a clinical trial like this, Afreza one or any other clinical study, um, not so much with trial net, but is you get a, generally kick-ass endocrinologist to (laughs) stay with you over the course of a study and, you know, give you advice on dosing and other things that you might, you know, need to manage your diabetes better. So just that relationship, it's like having an extra endocrinologist who is really at your side, guiding you through these studies, but also guiding you through your diabetes journey is 
um, I think a, a big benefit. And a lot of times these researchers who are the, what they call principal investigators on these studies are some of the, you know, some of the, you know, world renowned endocrinologists. And it's, it's great to, to have them working with you and answering your questions and learning more from them. Um, People paying attention to the cutting edge a little bit. Yeah. And then there they are and they're a sounding board if you need them. Yeah. 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 So the one other study I'll mention is um, it's DOMPE. It's D-O-M-P-E. And this is the one study that I know of right now that is for people who are recently diagnosed or diagnosed within the last 120 days, which is a little bit better than some of these past trials. They wanted to get you in three weeks. Um, And they want that because they're trying to help you preserve the beta cell functionality or the insulin producing cell functionality so that you stay in the honeymoon longer. And, um, and there's a lot of benefit to that. So um, but DOMPE, D-O-M-P-E, is an oral drug that's thought to preserve the beta cell functionality. And it's um, it's also offered in a bunch of different locations. So you just have to, again, Google DOMPE and clinicaltrials.gov. And this, I wish this had been around when my daughter was diagnosed because she's needle phobic. So the idea of doing the studies that were available at the time, which required an infusion, um, of, you know, sitting there with a needle in your arm, but we're not just not viable for her, but, um, this one is a, is an oral drug that you take at home. So, um, you, it's 10 steady visits over a year. Um, like with all these trials, they generally, they provide you a Dexcom and, and then they, you know, give you the pills and you take this at home and it can help preserve the, you know, the honeymoon period. And, make your diabetes easier to manage for a longer time period. And then I always think like, it's great to preserve that, you know, insulin producing cell functionality because there's other things coming down the road that, you know, maybe can make them work better again. And, you know, like, I just feel like the more you can do this or stay in that state, the better. So that's another trial I'd I'd love to share with people. Cool. Yeah. I, I know the, um, well, I know I'm imagining that, Tamizaplab is getting close to something because they're on my schedule this summer to record. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I mean, I don't know why they're coming on, but I didn't imagine that they contacted me and said, hey, we'd love to share bad news with you or tell you how we're refurnishing the offices or something like that. So, <laughs> well, that's great. Yeah. I'm glad you've got that little hint there. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, they're on yeah, the no, schedule. I, I- definitely expect that to be news that we hear hear about soon so yeah i guess it's almost summer so yeah. that's yeah you know how like you hear on your favorite radio show like robert pattinson's going to be on and you think oh we must have a movie coming out yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right Something a book like or that. a movie so yeah. we'll find out one day uh, but uh, it is fun to not know anything and sort of know something at the same time because i really don't know anything <laughs> and yeah <laughs> and then but i mean they are right there on the schedule. I think in August, maybe, if I'm, oh, not, if I'm not mistaken. Good. Anyway, Good. Uh, that's excellent. Yeah. Do you ever get tired of this, burned out from it, being involved with these things? Oh, gosh, no. I mean, being involved, like, I, first of all, I am so grateful, you know, to work with the people that I work with at JDRF because they're brilliant. I mean, I, feel like, you know, just people get involved because they've got loved ones with this disease. And then sometimes they're, you know, they've, they've run companies, they're doctors, they're, you know, like the, the, the people that I interact with who are all working towards, you know, better management and a cure for type one, I, I just feel so blessed to be working with. And 
I feel lucky that my job is to keep up on what's the cutting edge research in diabetes care. Yeah. Um, because I want, you know, I want to know. And from the minute my daughter was diagnosed, I wanted to know what, what can we do about this? Right. And it's, it's a disease. It's a little bit out of our control, but it's also within our control on a, you know, day-to-day basis and on a, you know, let's see what, what's coming down the pipeline to make this more manageable. And then getting people into these studies is, I think is really going to make a difference because Mm. we all, yeah. I mean, we're all like either donating our money or our time or our expertise and, um, this to me just like leverages all of that because, you know, a lot of the money is going to this clinical research, but if this clinical research doesn't find the people, um, to participate, then, you know, it's more expensive and it takes longer and we all want this to happen as fast as possible. And it's also right now, it's just so exciting. I mean, there is so much going on in terms of both, you know, all these you know, all these closed loop systems getting approved and the research on insulins that are going to work faster and better, whether they're inhaled or injectable or in a pump, um, you know, there's research on, you know, faster insulin, insulins, um, insulin that, you know, is just recognizes when you need it, like yeah. glucose responsive insulin. And, um, and then this cure research is just, it's, it's at such a, I think we're just at a really exciting time where there's a lot that can happen. And, you know, if, if people just, you know, focus on working on it and, and I want to do whatever I can to, to make that happen faster. So, yeah, no, I'm, I feel really uh, constantly just excited by what I'm working on. It's interesting. Sometimes when you see someone online, they're like, you know, they should hurry up and do this or this. And then you say like, have you done, you know, anything like involved with research? No, I'm not doing that. Like, oh, okay. right. well, that's why, right. that's why it doesn't go faster. Uh. Yeah. And I'm, you know, like I said, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. I don't have any background in any of this. So anyone right. could do this, right? Like just read about these things and try to understand them and then tell people about them. I feel like in some ways it's, it's almost better, you know, if you can communicate about it in a way that other people understand, because you, you don't know all the details about the medical, um, you know, and I, I think just a lot of people want to do this. Like they want to get involved. Like you talked about that, that woman who just did this study because you feel like she just wanted to give back. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of selfish reasons to be part of studies. Like I said, just, you know, getting to hang out with these top endocrinologists, getting free devices, getting, you know, the latest cutting edge, um, you know, drugs or devices. Like there's, there's a lot of selfish reasons to be involved in a trial and then, you know, to just give back and help everybody else that's going through this, I think is something that motivates a lot of people too. like the way it helped help. Like, I think it just helped my, my younger daughter to be a little bit involved. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I think the biggest issue with clinical trials is people just, they don't know about them. They don't know how to find them. And so um, I think it's, you know, wonderful that thank you for having me back on and having the people from, um, you know, trial net and other places on the podcast so that people just can find out about it and then make their own decisions about what they want to do about it. That really is the case. They, I, they just need to be aware and then they can decide what to do. And that's absolutely. That's all yeah. But that awareness is, I think a little bit lacking. Like, oh. you know, when, when I mean, when my daughter was diagnosed, it wasn't like, let me tell you about all the clinical trials she can participate in. Um, yeah. and I, I kind of would have wanted to know, like, yeah. I feel like we're doing a disservice to people if we don't tell them, but I think a lot of times endocrinologists either, they don't have time 
or they think, oh, that would be too overwhelming. And I just think we should give people the choice. Well, to prove your point, I get paid every time somebody signs up to the T1D exchange survey because Mm. it's that hard for them to find people. Like it's so difficult for them to find people that they had to come to me and say, can you please direct people to this thing? Here's the amount of money we can pay you every time somebody finishes the survey. Wow. That's not, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's not what they want to do. They want to keep that money for something else, but instead they're out incentivizing. It's not just me. It's other people too, but you know, and it's just, and so they're not advertisers. So they don't pay me like a set amount of money every week. Right. Like I make, I make based on how many people sign up a month, but you'll hear me on every episode say like, you know, if you're a U.S. resident or you're the caregiver of someone with type 1 is, who's also a U.S. resident, blah, 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 t1dexchange.org forward slash juice. Like, go. It helps people. It helps people. It helps people. Like, th- in the ways it helps is too almost convoluted. You know what I mean? Like, I just need you to believe it helps people. And you're just filling out a survey. It doesn't even take very long. And yeah. still difficult to get people to do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, so and I mean, obviously they're finding it worthwhile in terms of the money they're spending to pay you to send people to this and fill it out. Um, oh, oh, I'm, they're, they're, they're benefiting, you know, I, I hear Kim that the podcast puts people on the survey at a, at a much greater rate than other places do. Yeah. But, that's but that's not really the point. The point is that, yeah. is that someone has to spend money yeah. to get people to take a freaking survey because it's that hard to get people to take a survey. And, yeah. and you're talking about like swallowing a pill for 14 months. And you're like, we, right. you get a free Dexcom. And most people have insurance. They're like, yeah, we kind of get a free Dexcom already. Like, it doesn't cost me that much, you know? Um, right. And and, yeah. and 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 the people who could probably really use it might never hear about it, to your point yeah. again, because doctors don't talk about them. I've never once been told about a trial on a doctor's visit. Never. Yeah. So, yeah. No, absolutely. It's interesting. Yeah. No, you have to figure out why, like why you'd want to do it for me, you know, and again, it's my daughter, so it's up to her. It would be, the motivation would really be to get to make her life better. Like I would do, she would have done this Afrezza trial, but you have to be, the other way the Afrezza trial, you have to be on shots for two weeks before you do the trial. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there is a, there is a group that stays on shots for six months. And like I said, my daughter's needle phobic. So this is not a trial for her. Um, but she loves the Afrezza. She'd be happy to try it for her mealtime insulin for I have a, a time period. I have a question about that. So yeah. when the Afrezza trial ends, she, it's not how how she couldn't get it anymore, right? It'll just, they'll, she'll be done getting it. And then she'll have to hope they get it approved for the FDA for her age range so that it can be, is that right? Well, I think the the benefit of this one, and and that does happen, like you could, go through a trial and be like, wait, wait, give it back. (laughs) And, you know, eventually it does come. I mean, I have a friend who did the um, Dexcom G7 trial and was like, Oh, you know, can I keep that? (laughs) Um, But, you know, soon enough. Yeah. Um, oh, I've heard people talk about it with Omnipod 5. I mean, the woman who was on talking about the Vita site, you know, it's double blind. You don't know if you got the medication or not, but she said that her blood sugars were easier to maintain and et cetera. And like, I'm like, oh my God, they're going to take those out of you one day. Right. <laughs> I was like, I'd run away if I was you. Like, I'd, I'd be like, I got to go, you know? Yeah. So there are times, you know, I mean, with Omnipod 5, they, you know, they let the trial participants get the, you know, the pre-release. And so there was a, you know, hopefully not too much of a gap for people who did that trial and then got to actually use the product. Um, but for the Afrezza trial, 
it's a little bit different. And again, it'll depend on your endocrinologist, but my daughter gets this prescribed from her endocrinologist, even though she's 16. Um, and it's only approved for 18 and up. It's a, it's an off-label prescription and they absolutely have the, you know, prerogative to do that. Mankind Corporation who makes the Fresa also has a list of endocrinologists who prescribe it. So, um, you know, you can figure out a way to get it if if you want it, even if you're a kid. Yeah, it's nice. Um, you, it's nice that you brought that up because, as an example, right now, Omnipod Five's out in the world, and people are like, "Well, it's not approved for my insulin." And and I I, I answer as many people as I can. And I say, "Look, not a doctor. I don't I don't work for Omnipod. I, I right. come from no no position of power in this scenario whatsoever." But they didn't test it with your insulin in the FDA trial. They, right. didn't, they didn't say it doesn't work with your insulin. They say right. they didn't test it with your insulin. Yes, exactly. And then you're like, do you feel the rest of what I'm saying here? Like, you know, because people are like, are you going to use a Pedra in Omnipod 5? And I was like, yeah, it's, that's the insulin Arden uses. Right. Yeah. Well, right. it's not, it's not, a, it's not, they said it doesn't work. I'm like, mm, nobody said it didn't work. What they right. said was they didn't test it. And right. so it's, it's little nuances of, you know, everybody's covering their you know, there are people covering their butts legally all over the place. And most people can't hear through the nuance of the conversation. And then they get stuck saying, oh, well, I'm not allowed to do that. I oh, tell it's people, such an important point. Such an yeah. important point with this disease, because right. we know so much by managing it at home on a day by day, hour by hour basis. We can't. Yeah. And I mean, that's, you know, certain devices are only approved for, you know, the arm, but that doesn't mean they don't work wonderful on the calf. You know? Yeah. Yes. Yes. I've seen people. <laughs> no where, one tried it. No one, yeah. no one, no one ran that yeah. through a clinical trial. It'd be so expensive to like do that clinical trial with every part of the body. <laughs> you just couldn't. Yeah. Right? Isn't it funny? People are like, well, I need this stuff right away. I'm like, you know, well, every place they test it on every insulin, they try it with is going to elongate the testing process at the FDA and, yeah. and elongate that process. And it's not that it wouldn't work out. It's not that you couldn't, yeah. it's not that you couldn't wear your insulin pump on your calf. Yeah. It's that, it's that the company looked and went, not enough people are going to try this to make it worth the amount of time it's going to take to get through the FDA. Yeah. And I will tell you, we, we had the opportunity to try a Fresa without a prescription because someone gave it to us. Um, but then I wanted to get our own prescription so that I could keep getting it because it worked so well. And I switched endos to get it. And, you know, it's, it's not just, yes, I want a Fresa, so I'm going to switch endos, but I want, I want somebody who is going to be thinking a little more flexibly and, um, not going to sort of just put up barriers. So right. um, there are some people who will not prescribe something off label, but I am, you know, I mean, first of all, like I know now Afrez has been through um, trials with pediatrics and it's been totally fine, but my daughter's 16. She's, you know, she's the same size as I am and I'm, you know, older than that. So Kim, I don't, you know, I'm the not other, worried. The <laughs> other day we took, so you mentioned all your daughters cycling through like hormone, birth control hormone, trying to like, take care of a problem right yeah so arden has that issue as well and yeah. you know sometimes she's, she still has some sort of residual stuff we're trying to figure it out so we're up to the point where she's going to see a gi doctor mm-hmm. so we find the best gi doctor we can make the yeah. appointment i call up i say hey i'm calling for my daughter she's a minor okay blah 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 you know we get the appointment we wait five weeks for the appointment she has to take off school to go my wife takes off work we all drag yeah. ourselves over there we fill out all the paperwork that the place has and we're sitting in the outer yeah. office they uh mr banner could you come here for me i come up to the window because i'm so sorry this is so strange we can't see your daughter she's a <gasps> no. minor 
No. And I said, and she's like almost 18. I'm like, I'm like, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, she's 17, but she'll be. And so literally Arden's going to be 18 in under 60 days. And I said, but she'll be, you know, uh, in under 60 days. She's it's, you know, it's okay. You can say her. No, no, we, we have a, and so it turns out it's about their insurance. Of course so, it is. Yeah. So yeah. they're uh. only covered to help people over 18 years old. And I said, but this is ridiculous. Look at her. She's a lady. You, you know what right. I mean? Like, like <laughs> she's got all the lady bits and everything. She's totally a lady. And, you know, like, let's do it. And no, I got a bit, a bit of a tussle in the Kim. I might have been unnecessarily loud. I got upset because Arden's in pain. And, yeah. and they're like, yeah. well, call the children's hospital. I said, the children's hospital is just going to go by the book. They're going to tell her she's fine. And then that's going to be the end of it. I'm like, we need you. We need a ninja in there looking around. That's why we're here. We understand. We can make you an appointment for after her birthday. Oh, my God. And I said, but she's going to be in pain between now and then. That's okay with you? Nothing we can do about that. She could go to the children's hospital. Oh, I'm and, so sorry. And they were, trust me, the people saying it. They didn't want to be saying it. They were just right. following some arbitrary rule that they set up. And now yeah. this is how we do it. And blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And you don't, you're right. You don't want an endocrinologist as an, another example who talks to you that way about diabetes. About yeah. like, oh, no, it's not okay. Or it's not this. Or it's not. I'm like, just Arden's tried. I mean, our endo has been great. Every time we want to try different uh, insulin, I just send them an email. I'm like, okay, can we try Fiasp? Sure. Here comes a yeah. prescription. You know. No big, like, well, we'll have to get you in here and talk to you and run you through the mill. It's just like, yeah, sure. Give it a try. You know, it's it's helpful. That's not always the case. So that's really nice. Not at all. I know. Yeah. Um, Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you want to talk about? Um. No, although I think we should, we should connect offline about these other issues that you were at the doctor for. Um, So. Oh, because you might have some thoughts or you're wondering what we found out. Uh, Both. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, well, why don't yeah. we just say goodbye and then we'll talk right now. Oh, it sounds great. All okay. right. Cool. Well, thank okay. you for doing this, Kim. I enjoyed having you back again. I hope you do it again. Yeah. Wonderful to be back. I will come back to share other trials. Excellent. Hold on one second. I have found Kim to be delightful both times I've met her, and I really do appreciate her passion around these clinical trials. If you're looking for that Afreza clinical trial, I have the link here. I can't read it to you. It is way too long. But I can tell you that I got to it by Googling inhale one. That's the number one Afreza. So it's inhale, classic spelling of inhale, one Afreza. And you'll find it right there. It's uh, at clinicaltrials.gov. Thank you so much to Kim. And thanks to Dexcom and Omnipod for sponsoring this episode of the Juicebox podcast. You can learn more about the Dexcom at Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. More about Omnipod at Omnipod.com forward slash juicebox. You can learn more about all of the sponsors in the show notes of this podcast player that you're listening in right now, like in your Apple podcast app or something like that. They have a show notes section. You can find it. Or these links are also at juiceboxpodcast.com. It helps me a great deal if you use my links when you're finding out more about the sponsors. Like, don't get me wrong. If you end up in your doctor's office one day and you're like, hello, doctor, I would like to get an Omnipod. I still feel good for you. I'm super excited about that. But uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't get no credit for that. So um, use the link, please. 
Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox, Omnipod.com forward slash juicebox. Links in the show notes, links at juiceboxpodcast.com. Got a great episode coming up for you on Friday. Hang out. And um, what else? Oh, I have that thing about the insulin. Yeah. Oh, I know what I'm going to skip. I know what I'm going to give you next week. Oh, you're going to love it. Love it. Love Very interesting thing came up next week. A number of things. I could look here and tell you. Let me take a look. Hey, you know what, though? Why why spoil the surprise, right? You just uh, subscribe in your podcast app, and next week the episodes will pop up, and you'll get new ones. That's what I would like from you. If you could just do that, please. To be perfectly honest with you, if you're listening and you're not subscribed in a podcast app, uh, you make the inside of me sad by not doing that. Please don't make me sad. Subscribe in a podcast app. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast. Did I do that already? I don't think I did. Let's just let it go. If I did it already, then you heard it twice. And uh, I mean, it's a free podcast. Stop complaining.